Oh, I see. Apple Watch, Apple Watch Sport, and Apple Watch Edition. Jeez, ten grand. Why? I don't understand. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 signing bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. This episode is sponsored by Dev Mountain. Dev Mountain is a coding school with the best world-class learning experience you can find. Dev Mountain is a 12-week full-time development course. With only 25 spots available, each cohort fills quickly. As a student, you will be assigned an individual mentor to help answer questions when you get stuck and make sure you are getting the most out of the class. Tuition includes 24-hour access to campus and free housing for our out-of-state applicants. In only 12 weeks, you'll have your own app in the App Store. Learn to code. It's time. Go to devmountain.com slash ifreaks. Listeners of iFreaks will get a special $250 off when they use the coupon code iFreaks at checkout. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the iFreaks show. This week on our panel, we have James Zuber. Hello from Minneapolis. I'm Charles Maxwood. I'm just an accessory to the iJame. This week, we're going to talk about the Apple Watch since it came out, and Jame actually has one. New toy. That's that's true. New toy. Bright and shiny. Showed up last week, about a month before Apple actually said it would. So that's promising. So, you know, under promise, over deliver. I think that's a good way to deliver things, including software, but Apple did it too. So, so were I you under NDA or something? Or? Under NDA? No, I, just, I ordered it like everyone else. Oh, okay. I didn't wake up at 2.30 in the morning or whatever time it was in the rest of the world. I got up at a reasonable time in the central time zone and ordered it. And yeah, they said, you know, mid-May and it came late April. And so, so I've been wearing it for three or four days, so I'm obviously the world's reigning expert. Nice. So it looks like they have a couple of different models. They have the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch Sport and the Apple Watch Edition, and it looks like the Apple Watch is like a stainless steel case, and the Watch Sport is an aluminum case, and the Watch Edition is, you must be freaking kidding me, so... Yeah, I mean, of course I got the Edition. Of course you did. Because, you know, who wouldn't spend ten grand on something that's going to be obsolete in a year? I know, right? I mean, that's just how we roll. And it's a write-off, right? I'm a consultant, if you don't pay taxes on it, it's free. I think that's the running theory, right? That's right. That's how it works. Yep. No, I got the I got the middle of the line, stainless steel case. I got the Milanese loop band. I'm pretty happy with it. I like it. And I'm one of those people that always wore a watch. I still wear a watch. So having a watch is not a, a new thing for me. So and I had an old watch I'd been I got from my dad, one old one that he didn't use anymore because mine wore out the one that I had for fifteen, twenty years. So I'm a watch wearer, and it works well you know, as a watch. I can bring my hand up and tell the time, at least when I'm standing. If I'm on the couch and laying back, it doesn't always work. I had to reach over to tap it, but it functions pretty well as a watch. The face is 
very readable and you can figure it uh, how much how many numbers or seconds and I was pretty happy with it so I, I like the look and it's very functional uh, just as a watch and you know it seven eight hundred bucks it's a lot to spend for a watch but if you get into the watch world that's not a ton to spend on a watch that looks nice and you enjoy wearing more than I've ever spent but people routinely spend 20 grand on watches some people not most of us but it happens so does the watch face go dark when you're not moving or using it or whatever? Or? Right. So there's a gesture involved that will bring it up. If I bring the watch up to in a, a gesture that's going to look like I'm going to view it, the watch face comes on. When I put my hand down, it goes back off for, for battery reasons. But gotcha. if you're standing, it works pretty well. I'm really curious, you know, how it interacts with the phone and the apps on the phone and how independent it can be from the apps on the phone. So the watch is completely dependent on the phone for anything non-trivial. You know, it'll display the watch. You can leave your phone at at home and go off and it'll work as a watch, but it won't do much of the other things. And that's mainly for battery reasons, because a watch that runs out of batteries in eight hours probably isn't terribly useful to, to most of us. But battery life is pretty good. I haven't had any trouble. How often do you have to plug it in? I charge it overnight, and I get up and do whatever I have to do and check the watch when I feel like it, and it's fine by the end of the day. You know, I'm not doing any 24-hour marathons with it, but uh, it's been pretty good, so I'm pretty happy with the battery life. The phone battery life is a little interesting. When I first got it, my phone battery started dying quite a bit faster than it did before. And I, I suspect it's one of the apps that's just cranking on the Bluetooth, and I'm not sure which one it was. But for the past couple of days, I've been had normal usage, checking on things, and my phone battery's been pretty good. So I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, so the other thing I'm wondering, though, is if I have some functionality... Well, first off, I've heard rumors about whether they have or haven't opened up uh, the ability for people to write apps for the watch. So can you write apps for the watch? So there are plenty of apps out there. I think just from the apps that I had on my phone that install they and they install right when you set up the, the Apple, the the watch. When you when you connect it, they say, Do you want to add your apps? And of course I said add all the apps just to check it out, just to see what uh -huh. what I wanted to use. And most of the apps are terrible. Not terribly useful. I, I I'm finding it the ones where they make a good guess on what I'm interested in seeing at that time, and I can get to that very quickly. Those I'm finding useful. I was on a walk with my wife, and there's a baseball game on. I'm watching the Twins, and I could check on the score a little bit just by tapping my watch real quick. That, that was cool. If we're going through like a news app or Twitter, we're scrolling through things or mail, I'm not finding it terribly useful. I mean, my phone's not that far away from my pocket. But there's a lot of cases where, you know, I don't want to reach into my pocket to find this information. So I think the apps that are going to be useful moving forward are ones that are going to predict what the user wants to see and gives them that access. And you have the, you'll do the micro inter interactions, you know, not things where you're swiping and doing a bunch of crazy taps because you have your phone for that, at least now. So that's one thing that I've been thinking about is, I mean, for the most part, the appeal to me is... Uh, very, very simple inter interactions with things that I just don't want to pull my phone out of my pocket for. So, for example, if I'm listening to podcasts or music, I want to be able to basically pause, stop, start, you know, skip, skip forward, skip backward. 
those kinds of mm-hmm. things. And, and I don't care if it's a gesture or a button, you know, text messages. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to look at my watch and say, Oh, you know, Jane texted me or, you know, Alondo is calling me and make that call. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those, those kinds of things, you know, so then I can tap it and it, you know, it answers if I have my Bluetooth in or something or have my headphones in. But yeah, I'm trying to really visualize some of the other apps that I have and how I would want to interact with them beyond just being able to see basic information. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's it's everything you have on your phone on an even smaller screen. So it's <laughs> and the good and bad that comes with that, right? That's right. Yes. Everything we want. I, I think I agree with what you're saying. It doesn't really make sense to throw a lot of functionality into the watch apps at, at this point. But, you know, that that's going to change. I think this is going to evolve, and it'll be cool to see what happens. But right now, I think the quick wins are just things you want to find out right now. You know, start your podcast player or stop it, things like mm-hmm. that. Get quick information. You know, I get the temperatures on the front screen, which is awesome. I use it all the time. Like, how hot is it outside? I want to find out right now. I don't want to you know, take the five seconds it took me to go through the weather app on my phone. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there going, like, man, if I had to dig into my, my pocket to pull my phone out for this information, what a drag. Yeah. It's gotten it's gotten that bad. It took me like two hours to, to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. So I'll admit, I actually backed the Kickstarter campaign for the Apple Time or Pebble Time watch, mm-hmm. which costs about half what this costs. And uh, my understanding is that, you know, it has at least with what we're talking about, the functionality, being able to see certain things and stuff. It it doesn't work exactly the same, but it does get basic information off of the phone. And so I'm I'm also curious about the use cases for that. But going back to the Apple Watch, one other question I have is is there any kind of storage on it? For example, could I load music onto it and then just go for a run with just the watch and Bluetooth headphones? There's nothing like that that I'm aware of. Okay. It's a very dumb device. It's got so I'm not sure how much Apple gives us to it. I'm sure the device is capable of doing that sort of thing, but we're not really given access to it. Right. I, I just keep thinking it would be nice to be able to just, you know, go for a run with my watch, like I'm saying, and, and have that kind mm-hmm. of... I mean, I guess you could just get a an iPod shuffle or something and mm-hmm. load it up it, it, and it, clip it, it onto your watch band, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one app I'm missing is Map My Ride, which I use for everything. If I go for a bike ride commuting to work on, on a bike or going for a run. I've usually got that with me and I, I'm missing that watch app. That's what I want. You know, how far have I gone at this point? That would be a cool thing to have on there. And I'm sure there is a watch app out there like that, but Matt, my ride has all my info right now. So I'm kind of locked in at this point. So that's one app I wish was out there, but that's a really good thing. And, you know, if you want to stop whatever you're listening to, check how far you've gone. Those are, really cool app, cool functionality that I would hope someone comes out soon on the watch. It's probably out there right now. I just, I'm not aware of it. Yeah. I think I really like the idea of, you know, the same kind of thing, whether it's run keeper or map my ride or whatever. Yeah. Basically I don't want to have to pull out my phone or mount it on my bike somewhere so that I can see that information. I'd like to be able to just glance at my wrist and know, or have it vibrate when it says you've gone halfway or, you know, something like that where, you mm-hmm. know, you, you have the interactivity that's a little bit more natural than, okay, where in the heck is my 
device that's five times as large as the, the, the watch. Yeah, definitely. And if you're riding or biking, you may not want to be out there digging on your phone while you're yeah. actually moving. That's a good way to call up Apple Care. Yeah, my my deal is is like when I go running, I usually have it strapped to my arm, but mm-hmm. it's still big enough to where I would rather not do that. So I'm also wondering like if I go run on the track at the gym, can I set it on the shelf and just run around the track and will it be able to stay connected to the watch that way? I doubt it. I mean, yeah, Bluetooth is not going to reach that far. Right. But maybe I'll, I'll forecast one of my picks. I use a spy belt if I go for a run, and you don't even notice you're wearing anything. It just fits around your waist. You put whatever you're into. It actually fit quite a lot of stuff, and so I use that, and I don't, you don't really notice the phone as much. Hmm. Yeah, so your your Bluetooth, it looks like it's good up to about 30 feet. So if you're running on a track that gets you further than that from your phone, then, yeah, it probably won't work. Mm-hmm. But one feature I'm finding useful is the notification. It gives you a little tap on the wrist. Like I was sitting here having a lunch and came up, oh, I freak start in 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. Where before my phone would be on the desk in silent mode in my pocket, I would have missed them. And I missed notifications from my phone all the time. But this is kind of nice. So I've got it on. Oh, little reminder. This thing happened. Maybe you should pay attention to it. So I'm finding that's pretty useful. So for apps that are easy to miss, you set a notification on your phone if you're like me, you're, it's always in silent mode. Yep. So um, notifications aren't really that useful for me because I don't want to be disturbed. I'm I'm working or I'm with someone talking. I don't want to have my phone on and have a distraction all the time. So just a one way we can notify the user and without being obnoxious. I still don't want to take a call, but I can look down to see that, oh, I got a hangout from one of the people I'm working with or a client or something got updated on you know Jira. So... Those type of things, that's useful. And there's a lot of apps where just simple functionality like that will be useful. Now, do you have to have special permissions to send notifications to the watch, or is it all notifications on your phone go to your watch? Or is there some other panel that you can configure that one way or the other? So you can configure whether you're getting notifications or not. And I'm not a master at it, but you can turn off sound. You can go into do not disturb mode. I don't know how much you can filter. I think you might just be in the same notifications you get on your phone. So that might be a cool feature in the future, but I'm not sure how that works now. And it would probably be hard to differentiate, at least from a UI standpoint. You know, send this to my phone, but not my watch. But I think that's something we'll start looking into in the future. Right. So let's say that you have some application on your phone. I don't know what it would be, but let's say it connects to a Git repository and you know, it, it gives you updates when people push stuff. So what what kind of functionality would you want that to have on your watch? Would it just be the notifications or would you want more like in GitHub, you have the option of commenting on a commit. And so yeah, commit, pull request, something like that. Right. So approve pull request or things like that. I mean, would you want that on a watch or would it just not make sense? For the most part, that kind of stuff can wait till I, I get back to the computer I'm on. Uh-huh. You know, but maybe someone comments on a pull request. So it, it comes down to the user. You know, if I do a pull request for a client, I'm waiting for someone to take a look at it so we can merge it in. You know, maybe I want to be notified of that. For the most part, not. But direct, you know, messages, tweets or something where I mentioned, you know, that's kind of like, oh, it's good to know. So I'm finding those type of things to be useful. 
Now, one other thing that I'm wondering is with like text messages, can you reply to text messages on the watch? You just read them. Then you dig into your phone. Okay. There's no real way to type anything in. I was going to say, there's no room on there for a keyboard, so... I, I bet someone could do a keyboard, and I bet Apple would not let them. The other Go way ahead. I could see it working is if it put up, like, common words, and then, you know, you could kind of finagle getting the right words in the right order. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that would still only have limited uh, utility, because if, you know, if it's somebody's name that's weird or something like that, you just may not be able to call it in. Yep. Huh. Instead of Christofsky, it's just you. Right. So I, I think in five years, we're going to figure out how to get text input into a phone pretty well. I'm sure people are working at it. Or dictation will get better. Of, Siri will actually yeah. know what you're saying. People are spending probably spending a ton of money trying to solve this problem right now. But yeah, right now, it's not really happening. So the sensors on the back of the watch, that's the other thing that I'm really curious about. So apparently it uses infrared to track blood flow have you used any of the health features or well i was going to and i heard that it makes you stand up so for a minute every hour and gives you obnoxious warning so if you're in a movie theater you'd like to turn that off and i haven't gotten through that gotten to that point yet and i'd stand up so i haven't really turned a lot of that stuff on yet you can scroll over to you know get your blood pressure or not blood pressure uh beats per minute Mm -hmm. you can that's being recorded so that type of stuff can be done. So I haven't dug too far into it, but it's pretty pretty cool functionality. And Apple Pay? Have you used it with Apple Pay? I haven't. I have not. I've only got an iPhone 5S. I'm showing my ignorance, but I'm not sure if that'll even work with a 5S. My understanding that it is that it works with... Because I got an update. I have an iPhone 5, so my phone is actually older than yours. And I got an update, and it asked me to put in a credit card for Apple Pay even though I don't have the chipset that does the proximity thing. I can't. I just can't mm-hmm. remember what it is. But anyway, so I don't have that capability on my phone. I can't wave my phone over the Apple Pay thing and have it work because it doesn't have the hardware for it. But it did have me set it up, and apparently the phone has the capability for it if you have something like an Apple Watch that will do the proximity thing. So you can wave your watch by an Apple Pay thing and have it work. Ooh, okay. That's a cool feature. So I have not, yeah, I haven't tried Apple Pay yet. I haven't set it up, but I'll, time to start experimenting, I guess. I've heard very cool things. People are very happy with it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people get excited about it. I think it's funny that Apple became this third-party payment system or whatever, they being mostly a hardware and operating system technology company and not really like a, a bank or a payment system company. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see where they go, what boundaries they push, and what issues come up from it. Yeah, definitely. Just got a text from direct from A.R. Madsen. Not making it today. All right, so now we know. Showed up on watch. Very cool. So do you have any apps or clients or uh, other plans to write stuff that interacts with the watch one way or another? So I've got one client that is planning a watch app, and I can't really say what it is but it'll be a pretty cool app. Hopefully digging into whatever sensors we can get access to. Some of the apps I do like, I like the MLB.com has an app and it's smart enough to know that I'm a twins fan. So I might be, if the twins are playing, I'm probably interested in seeing the score if I load their app and that works pretty well. And I can even go and like to do like the game center view where you actually see pitch by pitch action, which is 
a little tedious on a watch, but you know, if you're got a clutch situation, it's kind of cool to see. But for the most part, just glance up, check the score every half hour or so, see if anything happened. I like that app. Excuse Zillow. If I was house hunting, that's pretty cool. It checks your, it goes to the Zillow app, gets your location, and will show you the info on the house that you're right near. So that's pretty cool, and it checks it out pretty quickly. You know, uh, Twitter I didn't really like. Mail didn't really care for. I'm not even sure what I'd do with Evernote. That'd be hard to view stuff. At the time, I'm probably going to Evernote. You know, I'm probably better mm-hmm. off going to my phone or an iPad or whatever yeah. we have. It's funny how, you know, when we got our phones and iPads, like going to the computer and looking something up became this huge ordeal. And now it's, okay, going to my pocket is a huge ordeal that I don't want to do if I don't have to. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I'm not doing a lot of mail. I'm not checking my news apps, but... You know, things that are basically simple, it gives me information I want to see right away. Those I'm finding pretty useful. So how bright is the screen? I guess you can turn it up and down, right? Yeah, I haven't needed to. So it seems like it's appropriate brightness for whatever I'm trying to do. You know, the watch face, it's pretty subdued, most of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not real flashy, and it's a black background. I think most of them are a black background. So even if the lights are off, it's not intrusive. It looks pretty natural. It doesn't look like it big electric electronic screen or anything. It looks, you know, pretty nice. Huh. I, ha- I have heard the things about the, you know, your phone going off telling you to stand up in a movie theater and there's no way to turn it off. I'm not sure where I read that, but that seems to be annoying. So if you're something very dark and there's people around, maybe it's not the best fit. But yeah, for the most I, part, was, I haven't had that problem. I was wondering about that because I've been in movie theaters and you've got, yeah, they're basically flashing their screen at everybody while they text message their friend in the middle of the movie. And it's like, right. okay, you you were you turned the ringer off, thanks, but <laughs> you know that's really bright in here. So mm-hmm. yeah, the difference is pretty drastic. So yeah, so I was just wondering about if the watch had that same thing. But is there anything else that it does, or anything else that you've used it for that hasn't really been talked about when people talk about the Apple Watch? I'd have to think about that. I'm not really sure i've had it on i've used it as a watch and played around with it you know for a few hours just checking it out and seeing how things work but mostly i've just been wearing it and you know trying to use it and it's mostly just been a watch and i'm kind of discovering what i like and don't like as i go yeah so i haven't really dug down into the deeper details of what's going on or what the possibilities are yeah i'm also really curious as to whether or not it has or or how complete the motion sensing is in it. And if you could build some kind of game controls off of the way you move your arm or the way you move your body, you know, sensing mm-hmm. off of your arm. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. I wonder if it's... Yeah, I don't think that's available at all. I'm sure there's people hacking into it right now mm-hmm. and have, like, their off App Store apps going with watch-controlled games or something like that. So probably it's probably possible. Yep. Cool. Well, I don't know if I have any other questions. It sounds like fun. We'll have to do a comparison fun. when I get my Pebble. That's true. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm not paid by Apple, actually. I'm not mm-hmm. much of a product reviewer, but yeah, I'm enjoying wearing it. If you weren't going to be doing development, would you have bought it? You know, probably not. You know, this is a first-gen product. It's cool. It's It's well done, but it's going to improve. And if I was going to just buy a watch, I can buy something usable. I would use it as a watch for quite a bit less because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of having things I have to worry about. You know, I have a 
I've had a watch that was probably a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar watch that I just got from my dad, and I wore it for years. It didn't have to worry about it. Got, got a little wet, and didn't have to worry. So yep. going to a baseball game tonight, it's going to rain. I'm like, wait a minute, how's this watch going to handle this? It's not how I usually like to operate. I like to not worry about things breaking. It's not going to electrocute you much. Okay. So I'll be safe. That's good. That's good. It's the person sitting next to you, right? That's right. Anyone that holds hands with me is in trouble. I'm sure well, the battery is That has nothing to do with a watch. Okay. This is true. All right. Well, I think we pretty well talked it out. Do you want to do picks? Yeah, we can do picks. All right. Do you have a pick for us? Yeah, well, we talked about running, and when I started running, I wanted to track how far I went because I didn't really have a route down. I didn't know how far it was, so I took my phone with me, turned on, turned on the GPS or mapped my ride, and I carried it. And that was okay, but, you know, I'm running around. If I trip on something, my phone's going to go flying, and, yeah, that's no good. But I, when buying shoes... I talked to the salesperson at the running store, and they recommended a spy belt. And something that just wears around your waist. You can stick a lot of stuff in there, so you can, you can get a wallet, you can get a phone, you can get your keys, whatever you do. And it's really in line with your center, center of gravity, so you don't really notice it. So you can just kind of run and not have to worry about dropping your, your phone or doing whatever. So that's cool. So I get my watch on my wrist, my, my phone on my waist, and I don't have to worry about breaking stuff unless I go face down. But that's a different problem. So I'm going to make a pick on the spy belt if people are running and don't know about it yet. Cool. And I think that's it for me. All right. Um, I'm going to pick a few things here. First off, I know this is an iOS podcast, but if you're into Ruby, I'm putting on a Ruby Remote Conf like I did JavaScript. So uh, you can go check that out, rubyremoteconf.com. Um, we're working on getting the schedule up now, so uh, that should be awesome. The other thing I'm going to pick is a book called Traction. Now, I may have picked a book called Traction before. I don't remember. That book's about basically gaining customers as uh, software as a service or other business that sells products. But this one's more about how you organize your company, and I really, really enjoyed it. I've actually been looking at how I have things organized with devchat.tv and Intentional Excellence Productions. And so um, I'm definitely digging that. And there were things that I had to really think through on that. So I'm going to pick that book. There were a few other things I wanted to pick. I can't rem th remember what they were. I guess I'll just pick one more. And that is um, the new Star Wars movies had trailers come out. And so go check those out. I, I really enjoy Star Wars. And I'm really looking forward to the new movies being made. Thank you, George Lucas, for selling the rights. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. So we'll just uh, wrap it up here, I guess. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Would you like to join a conversation with the iFreaks and their guests? 
Want to support the show? We have a form that allows you to join the conversation and support the show at the same time. You can sign up at ifreakshow.com slash forum. 